feel like for me i was just a complete wanderer for many many years and definitely walking down some paths that i shouldn't have you know when you're young and you get influenced and i feel like i was very volatile and impulsive and that kind of got channeled when i found yoga but it's it's been you know a lot of challenges along the way of you know may it be like substance abuse addictions to starting to kind of feel comfortable in my body and and then working through them and i feel like yoga has kind of been that work through that that way to uh, face stuff that i've been Hi Jeevika. What's up? What's up? Nothing. Another week at Aste, and so many developments happening, not just uh, socially across the world for all of us. I think there are tons of things going viral at the moment. Yeah, I am actually super excited about us launching our black tea this week. K-pop. Yeah, you know, I actually remember us the day we conceptualized this tea in the office. I think we were like having a real Korean moment, and you were wearing something super boxy. That was your husband's, right? Yeah, that's so true. Nothing was ironed that day. I remember, and the reason I chose that shirt was because it looked like it doesn't need ironing ever. If you guys wanted. check it out and or if you're in the k-pop culture if you are into degendering gender fluid gender neutral any any place where the word gender sort of brings you on the edge we designed this outfit to degenderize the entire wardrobe it's a box shaped t-shirt it doesn't define any shape or size and you can wear it or listen to korean music and be cool about it yeah yep that's the whole point uh, if you're into k anything you should be into our black tea first of all and second of all i think you know it's not just ase there is a whole movement in the fashion world where we're looking at clothing as something that's androgynous and uh, separate from gender I also have a styling tip for this uh, t-shirt if you are small busted and uh, you can afford to sort of skip the lingerie you can just wear a spaghetti uh, instead of a brassiere and you can wear that t-shirt on top of it because it's super box shaped super comfortable very very interesting to wear it like that I mean even recently we're seeing all brands launch collections that are definitely gender fluid even in high fashion I don't think it's considered as absurd anymore to see a man in a dress and it should be equally unabsurd to see uh women in men's clothing so this is a great movement Asse of course is here to uh, support you no matter what you want to wear what you feel comfortable in what i'm thinking about is like you know this week we had a very interesting conversation jeevika and i about power dressing and for us at aste power dressing really means anything that you feel comfortable enough in and that you can move yourself around in and you're not feeling conscious so you can really focus on whatever task is at hand Yeah in fact I'm thinking this black t-shirt can not just be worn in the morning meeting but after that if you're just headed straight to a retreat you can wear it and it's totally going to go on both the moods speaking of retreat today's guest is somebody who runs Anamkara yoga retreats and her name is Natasha Mahendra I'm so thrilled to bring her on and she's such a calm person Kind of, I wish you could see. She put her video on at the beginning of the chat, and her like entire vibe was so zen and nice and welcoming that I wish it was a video meeting instead of just an audio. Hmm. 
I mean, maybe uh, we'll have her on board and do cool things because her vibe definitely seems to be super aste. And you know, everyone we have in the podcast is super aste, but I feel like this Zen vibe is something that we all need to learn how to channel into our life. So yeah, I'm excited to learn more about it and understand how to like be so Zen and chill. Natasha, thank you so much for joining us today here on Live Ask Live podcast. I'm so excited to speak with you. Thank you so much, Jeevika. I'm excited to get into this and do this in a in a shorter way. I feel like sometimes we kind of have unending ways of saying things and it's nice for me also to kind of do that. So thank you for uh, thinking of me. Of course, Natasha, I want to dive right into your journey. And you know what really stands out is your Instagram bio, which says immersing in nature and discovering your true self through magical retreats. Tell me all about it. Tell me about this bio. Tell me what it means. Uh, just, just give us some insights to it. Sure. So I feel like when I was writing that bio, I, you know, I knew that yoga was always the core of these getaways and trips and immersions that I was taking people on. But it felt like there was something more to it that was deeper than just us doing yoga, which was using nature to actually be the thing that inspires you to reconnect with yourself more than yoga being like a tool, getting people out there in nature and helping people immerse back in nature. So that's what Anamkara is about. It's about taking people out of their super fast paced life to just step outdoors, like just breathe in that fresh air and get that opportunity to reconnect with nature and nature's rhythm. It's almost magical that in today's fast-paced world, you've been able to achieve that kind of lifestyle. Would love to know where did it all start? How did this change happen? We're all, you know, productively uh, covered many stages of our lives. So everyone's had some busy, hectic stages. It must be really hard to come to this uh, lovely balance. It, I feel like all of us obviously have really different uh, stories and upbringings. Um, we come from different places. But for me, I was raised by parents that like to live out in nature. I lived away from the city a little bit. And then, you know, as a teenager, you sort of are like any other teenager. And then you, you know, you want to go out and you're going to kind of be more part of the, the sort of the, the rush. Yeah. <laughs> life, right. And then my twenties in college and everything, which was a lot of fun and a lot of going out. And, and then that slowly coming back to actually some part of me that was truly, I feel like it was sort of me reconnecting with who I truly was and taking that, that plunge to, not just move, in, move to Goa and leave Bangalore about 10 years ago, but actually also starting something like Anamkara that takes people out into nature and sort of giving them the experience I think that I sort of had as well, that, that I was going through myself at the time that, you know, stepping away from that sort of life that was hectic and really fast-paced and saying, okay, you know, I think it's time to go back to my roots. Wow. So was it a day? Was it a year uh, when the switch happened? A lot of us think about it, you know, Goa, especially not just for us Indians, even our global travelers. It's a it's a dream city to live in. And uh, I'm sure uh, everyone's had this thought at least once in their life that let's just move to Goa. So what was the process like? Was it a day's decision? Did you see it coming all along? Well, right now, Jeevika, it's, 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 it's almost like when someone says they want to move to Goa, I'm like, no, don't move to Goa. There are too many people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tourist. 
thing to go up but um one of the things that i tell people it's it's like anything in life it's a process it doesn't just happen overnight you don't just you know pack your bags and then you're out you know there's a lot of things that you start to uh, leave behind and things you get used to so yes it seems very magical living in goa it is i get to swim in the ocean every day but if i want someone wow. to come and fix the plumbing I better know that I live in a bit of a village and that it might take 2 days for them to do it. I might I need to know that uh, during the monsoons my roof might leak and uh, you know things don't move here like the city it's not just a call away. It's also the the place slowing me down as well and me becoming more comfortable with living that kind of pace of life. That's such a beautiful thought that while it looks uh, you know you either want the slow life or not the slow life actually slows you down and you have to be comfortable with it. It teaches you patience, it teaches you priorities. Natasha, how did this entire yes, you moved to Goa but did the career come first? Did the passion come first? what came first where did this move happen i think i'm going to spend an extra minute on this because a lot of us still want to do it even if our plumber's not reaching the same day <laughs> sure yeah listen it's all worth it right like it's like kind of putting everything into a very short capsule and giving you sort of a recap but so i i feel like for me i was just a complete wanderer for many many years and uh, something like this even the idea of a career wasn't really something that was priority i didn't really grow up with that being priority it was more about like adventure travel and having experiences and being quite rebellious in you know uh, when i was younger and definitely walking down some paths that i shouldn't have you know when you're young and you get influenced and all of that i feel like i was very volatile and impulsive and uh, extremely wanting to constantly experience have an adventure and that kind of got channeled when i found yoga and i feel like yoga brought that grounding and brought that sense of stillness and i could channel a lot of um, things that were happening um, in my life in my personal life as well Lose, losing my mother about 10 years ago i felt was like a catapult into going deeper into my yoga journey and kind of finding looking for a purpose more but it wasn't just like oh i was i'm always been a yoga teacher or i've always led a really healthy life and always lived in nature i feel like it's it's been you know a lot of challenges along the way of you know may it be like substance abuse addictions to starting to kind of feel comfortable in my body things like that as well like there's been things that have happened in life and and then working through them and i feel like yoga has kind of been that work through that that way to a uh, face stuff that i've been through choosing to step away from the city and choosing to spend more time in nature has definitely helped that's amazing natasha i think that what you said has so much positivity in itself that no matter what your journey may be you found that comfort through yoga you found that it could change if you want to it could not change if you don't want to you know all lifestyles are comfortable lifestyles if you find the comfort in it natasha you also have a yoga retreat company tell us all about it now is this passion is this business is it hard for you to differentiate what's career and what's passion and what's business i feel like jivika for me there's been that the yoga has been such a healing journey for me and me facing a lot of things that i want to work on and evolve through that it, it of course is my passion i i run a yoga travel adventure company i myself am a yoga therapist it, it's sort of almost like all of this is almost here to heal me in my own journey and it being also a deep practice that i have myself it's it's really hard to look at it as a career or look at it as work it's sort of 
deeply intertwined with my like life's purpose. So for me, Anamkara is a lot more than just a company I run or even passion. It's sort of almost like a gateway for me to evolve as well. That's so beautiful. A lot of us in the city life do struggle with the term work-life balance. And I feel what, you know, your work is your life and your life is your work is what Anamkara could uh, mean to you because what you're saying is this is what you do you love what you do and uh, you don't need that term work-life balance anymore down here in Goa. Natasha I also want to understand that there is this beautiful intersect that happens between yoga and sustainable clothing right yogis obviously prefer clothing that doesn't come in their way that feels like their second skin a lot of people kind of you know connect yoga to sustainability as well is that expectation or burden is that something that comes naturally by practicing yoga does that have to do with the core ethos of yoga why is there so much uh, discussion about sustainability and yoga you could be a yogi and not care about sustainability right well, you know, the, the thing is that if if we're going back to the, the core of the path of yoga, which is the eight legs of yoga, which is what the Patanjali system of yoga speaks of. And if, if you're practicing that, and I don't mean to sound extremely teacher-like about it. or Oh, you must. We, we all would love to learn a thing or two. You must. So the, the eight legs of yoga, the first two are about the way you exist within your environment and the environment that you create for yourself. You know, we have things like ahimsa and satya and santosha and saucha, which means cleanliness which means compassion which means the non-violence which means truthfulness you know so these core values of even before you step onto your yoga mat is what Patanjali asks you to think about and enhance and live from these places so like when you when I think about sustainability I think about being uh, more kinder to nature I think about me being nature uh, because that's sort of also the core of you know how yoga is tied in with self-discovery that we start discovering as we go on the journey that oh my god I'm nature like I am these elements and if I'm hurting the water or if I am abusive to the kind of water I c- I'm consuming or the way I'm consuming plastic you know from the things I eat to what I wear then I am in many ways also not in tune with nature which means that I'm not in tune with myself and then in turn it's the fact the simple idea that we come from nature and we're made up of these five elements let's all really know that when those five elements are in disharmony within us it's usually disharmony in the environment around us so it's, it's deeply tied. I, I don't see how uh, not being sustainable and kind to... And listen, this is not about becoming a vegetarian or this is not about... <laughs> No, this is not about that, you know, this is about actually being more conscious of how you're sourcing the things that you source in your life. And like you're talking about sustainability, I feel it's also about not overconsumption. Like minimalism, mindful living. I feel these are all the second hands of just being sustainable. It could be about anything that brings more joyful environment around you, that builds an environment where you can also sustain yourself, where uh, we treat our nature like it's as living as us because that's what we lose out in the big city life especially that we're always in the rush and we forget that nature is as alive and as living as us also i feel like with just in a very practical sense when you're practicing yoga you want to practice yoga wearing things that are breathable wearing things that feel good on your body so sustainable or not uh, how these even the garments that you're wearing how are they being produced how are they feeling on your body is to me quite important and I feel like I too have been part of some kind of that 
the yoga wear wave that was you know all about the shiny pants and the you know really funky yoga mats and kind of coming back and reminding myself that hold on a second this is not really in tuned with um, what the essence of yoga is Natasha that brings us to a big question what do you wear while you practice where do you shop in goa how do you go about sourcing your wardrobe so actually it's really i get really attached to my yoga pants and things like that <laughs> that's a good thing <laughs> like i said it's been a journey like initially it was a lot of over like getting really excited about the new prints that were out there and and then realizing a lot of that stuff is actually very synthetically made and not doesn't really feel that good on my body and then really simplifying um as of right now i wear a lot of pro yoga because i feel like pro yoga there are not many brands out there that do that kind of sustainable i mean it's amazing what you guys are doing and honestly i feel like i'm really happy there's more and more of this space that's growing but yeah like i feel like right now i just wear very simple things like cotton pants and pajamas sometimes to practice i'm always looking to find more breathable more feel good in every way stuff to practice yoga in of course when i practice at home i'm very shameless but yeah but uh, but tell us tell us a bit more about uh, some of your favorite brands so is it is this your favorite brand or do you have more brands to go to when you're wearing your not just yogi outfits i guess when you go outdoors sort of when you go for a swim and go up for that matter Uh, you mean in, in regards to what do i generally just wear on an yeah, everyday yeah i would love to know some of the your go to brands and how do you actually source clothing in goa hmm okay so i again like you say like i'm sure you've been through it we all go through it and i found myself in the last few years turning to more conscious brands to shop and you know quantity is not a thing anymore but actually quality of what i'm buying in goa itself i shop at a brand called chintamani which uh use a lot of hemp and linens and cottons oh and wow like and where is this based yeah. is it south goa or north goa where is it they're in the north but they're mostly online as well and they're a, they're not an indian based brand actually i feel in, like now there's so many more like i do buy a lot of i buy from a site called ikivi which does a lot of sustainable stuff and you know there it's sourced sustainably it's a fair trade it's going to be um, <laughs> uh, nivee is a very dear friend uh, she's doing great stuff with her brand i absolutely love what ikivi is doing exactly so places like that i'm reaching out to more but i feel and i don't know if you agree with me that a lot of the stuff that's out there that's more like cottony and comfortable comfortable kind of goes gets slotted a lot into this whole like a no key cotton world kind of but um that's kind of what i'm edging more towards do i wear this brand called uh, why so blue if i feel like splurging then it's more like chola yeah things oh, like that such such like all good brands and all brands that have their own identity and yet they're being sustainable nadash if you do you feel now there's a certain style associated with your personality are you still finding what your style is going to be what is style to you i think style is ever evolving i feel like it's about the mood it's it's about what you're feeling being comfortable with your body i feel like i spent so many years of my life like as you we were talking you were mentioning bore you know about squeezing myself into sizes like my style is all about just like kind of it should feel like it's part of me rather than it's something that i'm trying to fit myself into you know yeah and we're all so over nothing fits me like <laughs> so it's it's more like what i'm feeling and um, also with color i feel like with color that it really changes on the mood and i feel like suddenly i'm have a lot of like pastels and i've always been a more gray uh, black uh, white person uh, but i've seen some more pastels now and 
So I feel it's it's ever evolving. That's beautiful. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? I'm so curious. What is this slow life like? What's the kickstart of the day? So the first thing I do when I wake up, I I, I do a practice. Uh, well, it's not really a practice really anymore because it's almost like brushing my teeth now. Where I just sort of uh, spend even like a, could be a couple of seconds. Sometimes I have a little bit longer, and it's literally like open my eyes, get out of bed. I put my hand on my heart, and I just remind myself that I am so much more than just. my thoughts my ideas the life i live my identity where i come from there's something that way more internal that i am and uh, i can start my day with that it's a thought it's like a feeling i sort of just connect to that feeling and then it's usually like an oil pulling that's kind of like the first thing and then of course there's rituals of watering my plants and mornings are very special to me so yeah there are many morning rituals what's that uh, live aste moment out of all these rituals that you feel is where you are truly present and you get a lot of joy out of it so i feel like for me it's two things one would be i you know it's it's this a tea tea that i make in the morning it's a digestive tea you use fennel and uh, coriander and and you use um, uh, cumin and um, we have to plug in the recipe of this tea so sure. our listeners we have to plug in this this sounds amazing please continue super simple tea is just something with hot water and it's that process of putting it together and kind of looking out of my window and it's just my morning moment and also watering my plants i feel like it's a really it's very therapeutic for me and i kind of feel like i'm as i grow older i'm becoming more and more of a plant person we all want to be plant person but uh, i'm here in bombay right now and all i have is couple of balconies some people tell me i'm blessed to have balconies all i have <laughs> It's good enough, you know. It's good enough. Yes, yes, and uh, my little two China doll plants is uh, what takes me through the day. Amazing, Natasha. Uh, this is all so interesting to me because I feel you truly are somebody who represents how to live slow, be kind to yourself, and how to have a mindful living. Whether it's your present wardrobe, your style of uh, mixing your career with your not even calling it a career, it's really your passion, your yoga retreat, and the fact that you practice yoga is everything that. Uh, Asti also resonates with the idea is to continue to uh, live Asti always. Thank you so much, Natasha. This has been so so kind of you to take out time and speak with us and share this journey. We want to know: Do we have a place if we come to Goa and see you? Of course, you do. You must. You must. <laughs> and Anybody? where is this retreat happening? When is the next retreat? Well, the next retreat was. happening at the end of jan but we're still waiting on that to see how things kind of change in the next few weeks as we know that you know cases have been going up but we have a really special one coming up in february which is a yoga rafting and music retreat which is a little out of rishikesh in a place called atali ganga um in shivpuri and uh, that's really the core of what anamkara is so i i'm really excited about this one this is super exciting This is this really is. We're gonna plug in Anamkara guys at the end of this podcast, and you, I think, we all look forward to hopefully doing this retreat with you and things opening up. And uh, I really hope you do too. It would be lovely to meet. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Natasha. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You know when we wear aste, I feel like it makes us feel zenential. Our clothes are designed to be worn on these retreats. Our clothes are designed to be indoors in the massive city life and still feel zen. 
Yeah, the whole point of uh, Aste is to be unrestrictive. Anything you want, wherever you want, whenever you want, and you can totally move fluidly in them. Dance party, all the Aste. Should we all give our discussion from our morning meeting? How everyone is convinced we must party and do a party collection. Yeah, I mean, guys, if you all are looking forward to Aste party collection, please let us know because this might actually happen. Yeah, it's getting real, and it's it's you know one minute away from. We always expansion. need to give the people what they want. So <laughs> if you want a party collection, it's coming. Until next week, guys. Bye.